On today's show, we discuss the six lessons learned after years of raising capital. I know a lot of you out there have been raising capital yourself or want to learn about raising capital. So as we're talking, feel free to comment below and I'd love to know about some lessons that you've learned along the way. Check it out right now. Hey guys, today we are talking about raising private capital for real estate. This topic has come up a few times recently in meetings we've had with clients and friends and other real estate people. So we thought that we would dive in and break it down for you. Yeah, I think we brought we were able to break this down into six lessons learned over, over the last few years. And hopefully some of these uh, are gonna be new to you and some you may already know, but we're gonna elaborate on them. So you can really kind of see what's working for us over the past few years. So the first one is dispersonality types. We talk about that a lot. Um, understanding different personality types because there's only a certain type of private capital investor that you really should be right. raising capital from. Right. Yeah, I mean, DISC is very, very helpful in raising capital, just like it is in, in life and in other aspects of business, whether it comes to hiring or whatever it may be. And I'll give you a quick breakdown. Um, this could go on for a long time, this one bullet point, but we won't you know, stretch it out too long. Um, so the DISC, the ones you want to focus on are D and S. D is your you know, type A business person. Typically, they've been uh, successful in what they do. They make quick decisions. They look at the bottom line and the, and the broad strokes, and they make good intuitive decisions. Um, S is going to be like a lot of your um, older relatives, stuff like that, people who have accumulated some capital over time. They're a little bit more passive and won't need the details, and you know, it'll be a relationship-based sort of investor, and that is totally cool. Those are your two, and you're going to want to stay away from I and C. That's something that we can... Uh, dive more into on, a, on another time. Lesson two, stick to your formula or your business model. Now, what do I mean by this? So if you're raising capital to buy a fix and flip, right, and you're looking to get a private investor to give you a fix and flip, great. That's your formula. That's your business model. Don't go back up to that private investor and say, hey, well, I also need money for rentals. I need, I need land development money. I need for this biz business mm -hmm. model. Now, obviously, having a good relationship with private capital investors and people that maybe lend you money, Great. As you have that relationship, maybe there's there's opportunities to expand into other things. But stick to the formula. Stick to your business model and stick to what you know. They're lending money. Let's be honest. I mean, a lot of private capital investors are lending money to you because they feel you're the expert and it's a relationship play. Yes, they're going to have collateral. Um, you know, if, if you're if you are getting them lent money to your business or into the real estate transaction, but you're the expert in these particular things. To stick to what you know, stick to your business model. I can't emphasize that enough. If you buy fix and flips, stick to to fix and flips. Right? Stick with that, and you know, stick with your business model. Yeah, and we as a lending company have always done that. It's been very very simple for our, our investors to know exactly what we do and to feel comfortable that we know exactly what we do. And we've seen the opposite too. We know one guy in particular who is a well-educated and very professional seeming guy, but when he's had very, very little success in raising capital because he pitches investors on four different business models at once, and then he's confused why it doesn't work. So important lesson, yeah, lesson stay, number two. Stick to what you know, stick to your business model. Okay, lesson number three, make it very, very easy and simple for them, right? I'm not saying don't be prepared or put together breakdowns and proposals and things like that. That's, that's important to be professional, but make it easy, make it simple. Put it in a way that they can easily understand mm -hmm. what, you're, you know, what you're trying to raise capital for. Yeah, uh, an easy way to do that, because it, let's be honest, not every, I mean, no one knows your business as well as you do. So make it very, very clear what it is you do and how you present it to them. Uh, years ago, I had a you know maybe 20, 25 page long investor presentation packet, 
And if you read through it, if you're that kind of person, it has all the information that you might need. But to a lot of people, it's just confusing because they're not going to do that much reading. In recent years, we don't really raise capital anymore, but I mean, I still have this presentation around. Uh, I have a very simple PowerPoint, or it can be sent as a PDF, which with a lot less words on it, with some graphs, with some pictures, very, very simple, maybe 10, 12 pages long, not much to read. And if you do take a look at it, you know exactly what's going on. So yeah, very straightforward and, and simple is, is important. So lesson number four is to make sure you're not taking on the wrong clients. I understand if you're involved in a real estate deal and you need $100,000 for it, you just can't get that money and then someone says, hey, I'll give you 100 grand. I know that's, you know, you're enticed to do so and you really, really want to take it. And, you know, hopefully that's the right client or private capital investor to, to give you that money. But if they're the wrong client, meaning potentially they have the wrong dispersonality type, um, you're already kind of having back and forth uh, miscommunications or, or arguments, and you just don't have like that warm and warm and fuzzy relationship, they're probably going to be the wrong client that you don't want to take on. And guess what? If you're not getting the warm and fuzzy right now and they're a little hard to deal with now, well, what's going to happen down the road if you ever have any challenges or any bumps in the road? I mean, we all know real estate's not like this perfect, perfect crystal clear you know, it, it, investment. There's just like any business, there's bumps yeah, in the road. Happens. And, you know, private capital investors, are, they're partners of partners with you and it's got to be treated like that. So you've got to make sure not to take on your right client and you've got to be disciplined no matter how much you need that money, not to not to take it on if it's just not the right fit for you. Yeah, and a good litmus test, something that Jason just mentioned is that if that investor is difficult to deal with before the transaction closes, that's a big red flag because after the transaction closes and their money is into your deal, they're going to be even harder to work with. So yeah, keep your eye on that. Have the discipline to pull it from them, even if it means losing the deal, because that's more, that's better than getting into a deal with the wrong person. Number five, communication. Obviously, we all know communication is key, and it's important to communicate everything, especially problems. I think a lot of people try to hide a problem, hoping they go away, and that is probably the most important time and the quickest way to communicate so everyone is fully aware of what is going on. You communicate good things, you communicate bad things, um, and another big part about communication is setting proper expectations. So everyone knows exactly what is going to happen now, what is going to happen later. A lot of people's goals are aligned differently. So the, the more you communicate and the better you kind of set up the way that your process works, the, believe me, the easier it'll be in the future. Yeah, don't, don't feel like you have to over communicate because most people don't need that. They don't need a weekly update on whatever might be going on with a deal that's going perfectly well. So don't commit to that. Don't commit to something that's unreasonable just because you might be insecure about uh, dealing with capital investors and feel that you have to. But what you have to do is stick to what you say. If you say once a month there's going to be an update that's going on. Maybe at this point during the project there's going to be an update that, uh, of what's going on. And then do that. Execute on that just like you execute on everything else. It's a very, very important thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, don't, don't be insecure about it and feel like you need to give people updates constantly because frankly they don't need them. Yeah. Okay. So number six, the six lessons <laughs> that we, that, the number six of the six lessons that we learned from raising private capital is being transparent. I think transparency is so important and whatever's going on inside the transaction, good or good or bad, they, they got to understand it, right? And I know when you're raising private capital, now all of a sudden you have a partner involved in some of these projects. They have, a, they have a vested interest in this and they have a, the right to know what's going on inside a transaction or inside the business. So be as transparent as, 
as possible. Maybe do a share folder so people are looking at similar docs that you have. Whatever you have to do, but you got to be open and transparent of what's going on, so you know they're they're well, well aware of it. You know they, like I said, they have a vested interest inside this transaction. So it's not your job's not over after. Okay, I took your hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to invest and I'm going to give you a great return. The great return, like that's the given, but it's important to make sure they're well aware of what's going on inside the transaction. Yeah, for sure. And uh, most of your deals will go great, but occasionally you'll have one that goes sideways. And the sooner you communicate that sort of thing uh, to an investor is super important uh, for a number of reasons. Like one, it's just the right thing to do. If something's going bad, you have to tell them. You have to be completely transparent with what's going on. That's how people run a good business. And two, that's how you ensure that you're not losing investor clients by doing deals. In all likelihood, it's gonna work out and they'll get their money back and everything will be fine, whatever. Um, and then you go on to the next deal. But uh, a sure fire way to lose an investor client is to keep them in the dark, where you actually want to keep them around for however long you're doing these kinds of deals. And transparency is the right way to do that, just like it is in every other aspect every other of business. business. I know a lot of you are raising money either for your real estate business or no matter, or any business that you, that you may be in. So I'm really curious, maybe some other lessons that you've learned over the years from raising capital uh, or other tips or tricks or things that you, know, you, you think the community can learn for, from. Maybe it wasn't something that we mentioned today. There's a lot of different lessons that we've learned. We felt these were obviously the, mo the most important, but if you have a lesson uh, that you've learned or something that really could help out the community, feel free to comment below. We'd certainly appreciate it. The community would certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. Like, comment, share, subscribe and I hope you like these six lessons learned from raising capital.